This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the COVID crisis shows no signs of letting up. The state health department has reported an average of almost 100 fatalities and 10,000 new cases per day over the past week. And Miami-Dade's new mayor believes it will get worse before the end of the year. Corona cases, coronavirus cases are on the rise, and we must take this extremely seriously. Local governments often feel like they're on their own during the COVID crisis. Governor Ron DeSantis says he won't be imposing any mandatory requirements to try to stop the spread of the disease. He's also signed an executive order that prohibits local governments from collecting any fines from people who violate local mask mandates or safety measures. So much for the state. And at the federal level, Senate leaders have spiked every proposal for a new COVID relief package to help average Americans deal with the fallout, much to the dismay of Miami Beach Mayor Dan Gelber. And we are urging the Congress today to get together, put this package together, and allow us to continue to help people. The governor of New Jersey tells Florida Congressman Matt Gates he's no longer welcome in the Garden State after he tweeted pictures from a young Republican party in Jersey where no one wore a mask, practiced social distancing, or obeyed the crowd size limits. He also called the congressman Matt Putz. Key West pulls the plug on the raucous New Year's celebration that draws tens of thousands of people to count down the end of the year. There will be a 10 p.m. curfew on New Year's Eve. The election may be over, but that didn't stop Donald Trump from holding a campaign rally in Georgia over the weekend, about 20 miles north of the Florida line. He was there to support two Republicans in a runoff for the U.S. Senate, but the president spent most of his time claiming he could not have lost the election unless someone cheated, and he still believes he can somehow, someway, overturn the vote. They cheated and they rigged our presidential election, but we will still win it. We will still win it. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events. Spoiler alert, there's really not much going on. And we'll close the podcast with a story about a Florida woman whose arm became tiger food at the state's best-known Big Cat Sanctuary. And now the top stories on Sunrise from Monday, December 7th. On this date in 1941, planes launched from six Japanese aircraft carriers attacked the U.S. naval facilities at Pearl Harbor, which resulted in America's entry into World War II. More than 2,300 Americans died at Pearl. Compare that to the 3,100 Americans who lost their lives to COVID-19 on Thursday alone. There have been almost 290,000 deaths in the U.S. since the pandemic began. New coronavirus cases and hospitalizations are surging throughout the country. And in the most recent report from the University of Washington Institute for Health Metrics, they're projecting the death toll in America will exceed 530,000 by the end of March. So where do things stand in Florida? Well, the Department of Health confirmed 8,436 additional cases of COVID-19 Sunday, increasing the known total in the state to 1,058,074. We are number three in the nation. The health department also reported 96 additional fatalities Sunday, increasing the statewide death toll to 19,423. That's number four in the nation. Across the state, 4,400 people are hospitalized with COVID-19 now. There were 140 new admissions reported Sunday. Miami-Dade went through its own version of hell earlier this year when it became Florida's epicenter for the virus, and the new mayor is worried it's about to happen again. Daniela Levine-Cava is asking the people of Miami-Dade to comply with local COVID rules to try to avoid a health crisis. So we're gathered virtually together as leaders representing all corners of our region to share an urgent and united message that our entire regional community shares and we need to work together. Corona cases, coronavirus cases are on the rise and we must take this 
extremely seriously. Uh, we're gravely concerned about overwhelming our healthcare system capacity to care for COVID patients. Our hospital network in South Florida is one of the finest in the country and has done extremely well at dealing with this pandemic. But if we push our system to the limit, uh, when COVID cases spread too quickly, we will be at a breaking point. So that is why it is essential that we all take steps in our own lives to protect our families and to protect our healthcare workers and first responders, those who are on the front lines every single day fighting this virus for us. Um, it's not just for ourselves, it's not just for our families that we need to stay safe, it's for the families of the thousands of healthcare workers, firefighters and police who are not just uh, taking care of their own lives, but of all of our lives, protecting us and keeping our loved ones safe. Uh, and you all know I have contracted the, the virus as well. My husband is a physician and was exposed uh, through a patient. So the good news is that we all know what to do. After nine months of living with this dreadful disease, we all know we must wear a mask, we must practice social distance. We must wash our hands and sanitize, test, trace, and isolate. And especially during the holiday season uh, coming now, it's key that we take advantage of our beautiful weather, of our beautiful outdoor activities, and we spend time in our parks and open spaces. In the next few weeks, what we do will be critical to determining how we get control of this disease, whether we overwhelm our healthcare system, and how we keep our economy moving forward. So my message to our community is hope is on the horizon. A vaccine is coming within the next couple of weeks and Jackson uh, and Memorial will be at the front lines uh, with the distribution to our healthcare workers. Uh, and um, to get to the other side of this pandemic, we cannot let our guard down now. We need to stand strong as a community committed to following public health protocols so that we can keep moving forward in the new year. I know that it isn't easy. We all have COVID fatigue, but it is why we need to share one united message, uplift and celebrate everyone who is doing what is needed to keep all of us safe. She made those remarks during a Zoom press conference because that's the only safe way to hold a press conference when you're in quarantine. She and other elected officials in South Florida have made several appeals to the governor to impose a statewide mask mandate, but he always has the same answer. I'm opposed to mandates, period. I don't think they work. People in Florida wear them when you go out. I mean, they don't have to be uh, strung up by a bayonet to do it. Fining people is, I think, totally overboard. No lockdowns, um, no fines, no school closures. No one's losing their job because of a government dictate. Nobody's losing their livelihood or their business. That is totally off the table. Governor DeSantis said that about a week ago. And over the past week, we've had more than 65,000 new cases and 677 newly reported deaths of Florida residents. If the governor won't act, Mayor Levine Cava says local officials have to step up. But about the only thing left in their toolkit is a public relations campaign. It begins later this week. My administration will be rolling out a new messaging campaign for the holidays aimed at amplifying the steps we can all take to contain the spread and celebrating the businesses and the community members that are going above and beyond to protect each, each of us. And I'll continue to work hand in hand with our county leaders, with our League of Cities, with our city mayors, our business leaders, our healthcare experts 
to get this campaign out into the community and speak with one voice, one voice to our residents about the urgency of the crisis we face. So stay strong, stay safe. Thank you and God bless. Other officials are turning to Washington for help. The House has already approved a bill for another round of economic stimulus, including those $1,200 checks and extended unemployment benefits. But Senate leaders will not budge, and Miami Beach Mayor Dan Gelber says it's time for the political games to end. This is not a Republican issue. It's not a Democratic issue. Uh, It is about food insecurity, about the most elemental needs of families in our country. And we are urging the Congress today to get together, put this package together, and allow us to continue to help people who right now are confronting the most elemental uh, challenges that a family can, can confront. Speaking of Congress, a Florida man who was just re-elected to the U.S. House of Representatives is under fire after attending a gala hosted by the New York Young Republicans Club that violated all the rules about social distancing and mandatory masking. Matt Gates of Okaloosa County was one of the featured guests at the meeting. It was held in New Jersey to avoid the tougher COVID safety rules in New York, but they still ended up breaking the law. The restaurant that hosted the event has been shut down until the owners explain how they will comply with coronavirus restrictions and mandates. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy slammed Gates' on Twitter saying, quote, it is beyond the pale that anyone would willingly endanger people in another state. He also referred to the North Florida congressman as Representative Matt Putz. That's a Yiddish word that means fool, jerk. It's also a slang for penis. Governor Murphy went on to say Gates is not welcome in New Jersey anymore. Gates responded by saying Murphy would regret that tweet when he moves to Florida, quote, like the rest of New Jersey, unquote. The virus has infected New Year's in the Florida Keys. The mayor of Key West has signed an emergency order establishing an island-wide curfew from 10 at night till 6 in the morning from New Year's Eve until January 3rd, which pretty much pulls the plug on traditional New Year's festivities. The main drag of Duval Street is usually filled with tens of thousands of partiers on New Year's Eve, where they count down to the new year by watching a giant red shoe with a drag queen inside drop at midnight. After spending the past two years as chief of staff for the president of the Florida Senate, Lisa Vickers is headed back to her old stomping grounds. Vickers tells Peter Schorsch at Florida Politics that she'll be returning to the Florida Department of Revenue, where she served as executive director of the tax agency under former governors Charlie Crist and Rick Scott. Vickers spent more than 20 years at the Department of Revenue. Donald Trump was just north of the Florida line Saturday, where a man who lost the election by more than 7 million votes held a victory rally. That's next on the Sunrise Soapbox. But first, a word from the sponsors. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. As the number of COVID-19 cases are increasing, the potential collision of COVID-19 and the flu virus could lead to a new word Floridians do not want to use, twindemic. That is why Florida Blue, the Florida Hospital Association, and the Florida Medical Association have joined forces to encourage Floridians to get their flu vaccine today. Visit floridablue.com, fha.org, or flmedical.org to learn more and support a flu-free Florida. Welcome back to the Sunrise Soapbox. Donald Trump was in Valdosta, Georgia over the weekend. That's about 20 miles north of the Florida line on Interstate 75. It was his first rally since losing the election last month, and in theory, he was there to campaign for two Republican Senate candidates. But the president spent most of his time spouting falsehoods and conspiracy theories while insisting he could not have been beaten fairly by President-elect Joe Biden. You know, we won Georgia, just so you understand. And we won Florida. And we won a lot of places. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
An enthusiastic crowd chanted, We love you, stop the steal, four more years, as Trump spent most of his time airing grievances and falsehoods about the presidential race. He also attacked Georgia's governor and secretary of state, who have refused his efforts to overturn the vote there and repeatedly vouched for the integrity of their state's elections. When Trump got around to mentioning the real reason for the rally, to support Republicans in runoff elections for two U.S. Senate seats, it was almost as if he said it in passing. This is something that's very important, and you have to get out, and you have to vote. You have to make sure you have every vote counted. Every vote has to count. You got to make sure they don't throw away any ballots. You got to make sure that when they collect the ballots and they start bragging about how many ballots they already have, you got to make sure your secretary of state knows what the hell he's doing. And you got to make sure your governor gets a lot tougher than he's been. He's got to get a lot tougher. Because at stake in this election is control of the U.S. Senate, and that really means control of this country. The voters of Georgia will determine which party runs every committee, writes every piece of legislation, controls every single taxpayer dollar. Very simply, you will decide whether your children will grow up in a socialist country or whether they will grow up in a free country. And I will tell you this, uh, socialist is just the beginning for these people. These people want to go further than socialism. They want to go into a communistic form of government, and I have no doubt about it. You must go vote and vote early starting December 14th. You have to do it. They cheated and they rigged our presidential election, but we will still win it. We will still win it. We'll still win it. And they're going to try and rig this election, too. continue to fight. We've had some great moments. We just need somebody with courage to do what they have to do, because everyone knows it's wrong. We need somebody with courage, somebody that makes decisions. And we'll be going up to the Supreme Court very shortly, and we really, if we have... If we have courage... And wisdom, I think you know what the answer is going to be, because you can't let people get away with what they got away with. With over, think of it, with over 74 million votes, over, think of that, more than, I got more votes than any sitting president in history, 11 million more votes than we got in 2016. And we thought that if we could get 68 million, 67 million, that would be the end, all of our great, brilliant, geniuses said, uh, you'd win if you get 67 or 68, it's over. We got 74 million plus, and they're trying to convince us that we lost. We didn't lose. They found a lot of ballots, <laughs> to be nice about it, and they got rid of some, too. The 74, let me tell you, the 74 could have been even higher. There has been no evidence of widespread voter fraud or of any other fraud that would overturn the election results. Trump's legal team has lost nearly all of its cases in key states. Even his hand-picked attorney general has said the Department of Justice can find no evidence of voting fraud that would have changed the outcome of the election. Today's calendar of events is a short one. The Education Estimating Conference meets at 9 in Tallahassee to analyze enrollment in the Florida college system. 
and the Nassau County Legislative Delegation, which includes Senator Aaron Bean of Fernandina Beach and Representative Cord Bird of Neptune Beach, will hold a public hearing at 4 this afternoon in Yulee as they prepare for the upcoming legislative session. And finally today, a Florida woman who was volunteering at Carol Baskin's Big Cat Rescue in Tampa almost had her arm torn off by a hungry tiger last week. 69-year-old Candy Kozer, who volunteered at the Animal Sanctuary for the past five years, was grabbed by a three-year-old tiger named Kimba when she reached into his cage during feeding time. Her arm was broken in three places, her shoulder was badly mangled. Baskin got her 15 minutes of fame from the Netflix show Tiger King that chronicled her feud with Joe Exotic, the flamboyant owner of a big cat zoo in Oklahoma who was convicted of trying to hire a hitman to eliminate his rival. She also appeared on Dancing with the Stars. That's it for today's installment of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics. 